I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge the season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh, and Chuck's here too, and so is Jerry sitting in for Dave, which makes this short stuff. Yeah, I've been singing Ween all day because of this one. Oh, yeah? Uh, Are we talking about mollusks? No. (laughs) Uh, From the song Freedom of 76, when they sing about the Liberty Bell. I don't know that one. Liberty Bell cracked in half is the line. So that's been on a loop in my head. Okay, I'll bet. A, bake, a bacon steak, a perfect match. You know it's been on a loop in my head? Mm, either the final countdown or, or that one you were whistling the other day that drove sure. me nuts. Yep. Suzanne Vega. Boy, you can earworm it with the best of them. Yes. You know, I was thinking about Ween the other day. I was like, I need to find something new to, like, get into. And no. I was like, you know, Wayne's got a pretty extensive collection. And you never really got into and it. Cool, and I never really got into them. Not because I don't like them. Mm-hmm. I just never got into them. So I'm like, sure. maybe I'll go see if I can get into Ween a little bit. Well, I can send you the, the book on how to do that, the order of operation. Oh, okay. Please do. <laughs> yeah. P- please do. I'll need to send you a canister of nitrous too, though. <laughs> That's fine. I'm not sure if you can do that through the mail. Please do. <laughs> uh, so we're talking Liberty Bell. That's right. And the reason why we're talking Liberty Bell is because, well, there's no good reason. But let's talk about the Liberty Bell anyway, because it's actually pretty interesting. The Liberty Bell we think of today as the Liberty Bell is a fraud. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's let's go back in time a little bit uh, to 1751. Let's hop in the old Wayback Machine. This is oh, boy. dusty as can be. Don't get too close to that spider. Yeah, this is very dusty, but it still fires up. Look at that. The flux capacitor is fluxing. Nice. And off we go to 1751 to the State House uh, of Philadelphia, the Pennsylvania State House, where they have just brought in uh, the bell. And even though it's not named the Liberty Bell at this point, that would come along we'll, as we see much later. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a bell, and it was used, although it had very a lot of causes and purposes through the years. Sure. At first, it was just a bell. Like, we ring it when uh, when someone important dies or when we need to call the, the government together. Like, the reasons you ring a town bell. Someone won at bingo. Yeah, ring that bell. They called it initially the State House Bell, which is on the nose, but appropriate because it was originally commissioned by the Pennsylvania Provincial Assembly to be the bell in the Pennsylvania State House in Philadelphia. They didn't even call that Independence Hall. It was the Pennsylvania State House in Philadelphia. Everything was very businesslike, bureaucratically named, and it told you what it did and what it was, and that's how they liked it. That's right. Uh, the bell itself was cast by Lester and Pack, uh, a company out of London, 
with the words, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof, mm -hmm. uh, which is apparently referenced, uh, a reference to Leviticus in the Old Bible. Duh. Uh, and it was about three feet high, a circumference of 12 feet, That's weighed about 2,100 pounds, 2,100 pounds. And uh, like I said, it was just a bell. And here's the thing about the liberty bell and that crack is no one really agrees on exactly how that happened. No, but some historians think that it cracked the first time it was used in 1752 after it was installed, like the first time. Yeah, and Lester and Pack were like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Actually, it's pretty cool. They made good on a replacement. So the, the Pennsylvania Provincial Assembly said, um, Pack, Lester, fellas, we, we need a replacement bell and we're not going to pay for it, okay? Yeah. And they said, that's fine. We'll send you another bell. Um, and the Pennsylvania Provincial Assembly was like, well, do you, I mean, you want the cracked one back? Do you want us to send a picture of it or something? They're like, you just keep it, do whatever you want with it. Make belt buckles out of it, munitions, mm -hmm. hat buckles, if you're yeah. still into the pilgrim thing, shoe buckles. Shoe buckles. All the, any kind of buckle you want to make, you go ahead and use that belt. And they said, you know what? We're going to actually use this belt to make a replacement belt while we wait for the real replacement belt. And this is where it gets confusing unnecessarily. And I say we take a yeah. break to just let all that sink in. All right, let's do it. Burning stuff with Joshua and Charles, stuff you all right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! <laughs> Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
All right. So if I am understanding this correctly, Mm -hmm. you now have two bells? Technically three, eventually. But one doesn't exist any longer. But it does because it's now been melted into the second bell. Okay. But you also have the replacement bell, right? Yeah, right. And they were both apparently in the Pennsylvania uh, State House. They were both used. But who knows what happened to to the replacement bell that um, Pack and Lester sent. Oh, okay. So that's the one that that wasn't officially hung or hanged. I'm not sure what you would say there. (laughs) I would say hung, but then you would correct me. Okay. (laughs) So it was the the one that they fixed, melted down and fixed the, and redid the original. That is the official one then. That's what we call the Liberty Bell, yes. Okay, all right. But but they didn't call it the Liberty Bell back then. Again, they called it the State House Bell. And then they were like, which one? They're like, the original one. They're like, I thought that one was melted down. They're like, yes, this is the one that we melted down from the original. Yeah. It it went on a lot every time somebody asked about it. So they're belling this thing up. They're using it as you would use a bell. In 1777, uh, when the British were encroaching, uh, they removed the bell because they didn't want it uh, captured and melted down into into bullets, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or buckles. Or buckles. They hit it again. Uh, later on in a church. Oh, I'm sorry. They hid it in the church then in Allentown. And then in 1785, they raised it again. Right. And it was really just a bell until 1824 when uh, Marquis de Lafayette uh, was the last general of the revolution that survived, went on a tour of the United States. And America, that's when America was like, hey, like, let's rename this place Independence Hall and let's Let's call this thing, uh, well, actually, it took another 11 years to call it the Liberty Bell, even. Yeah, it was some abolitionists who were like, oh, you got a Liberty Bell, huh? You know who the Liberty Bell isn't ring for? Enslaved people. So let's do away with slavery. And they actually used the the Liberty Bell um, and the new national pride around it to mm-hmm. really kind of point out just how slavery is a terrible thing and we need to do away with it. Yeah. So here's where it gets really interesting. That first bell is damaged and cracked. So they melt it down, make this new one. The new bell cracks as well. And uh, they're not exactly sure how this happened either, but they think it was in 1835 when it was rung to mark the death of uh, John Marshall, Chief Justice of the United States, uh, to mark his passing. And other people say, you know, no, it was really the 1840s during the 4th of July when things got really rowdy. Uh, Or other people said, no, it was on February 23rd when we were – getting hammered uh, celebrating George Washington's birthday. Like, people are just ringing the heck out of this thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And no one's really sure. The National Park Service, for their um, point of view, just says, you know, it just cracked after 90 years of use. Like, quit asking. Just be quiet. Just take the pamphlet and be quiet. (laughs) Exactly. But apparently there are some researchers who, in 1975, were like, actually— it wasn't just like hard use. This bell was destined to crack. And the reason why is because they're um, high tin content. It's like a quarter tin almost yeah. um, that you don't want to use that in a bell that peels. Uh, maybe a decorative bell, something you find at like Kirkland's or something that you, it's not meant to ring. Sure. Uh-huh. Make that out yeah. of tin. But yeah. you're using like a functional workhorse bell. Do not put 25% tin in that thing. No. <laughs> You've been telling me that for years. Sure. Uh, The bell they tried to fix uh, in 1846 because Washington's birthday was rolling around again. And they're like, listen, you know what we do here in Philly? We get drunk. We ring this bell. 
we act incredibly inhospitable uh, for our professional sports uh, teams and the teams that play them. Don't get us started on Santa Claus. <laughs> and they use something called stop drilling, which in which they actually widen the crack. The crack now is 21 inches long and about uh, an inch, a couple of centimeters wide. Mm-hmm. And they would widen it so basically when it was rung, the, the two sides would not touch each other at all and create this awful buzz. The boing-boing. Yeah, exactly. So they widened it so they it wouldn't touch. But another crack uh, developed, and they were like, we got to find a better way to celebrate Washington's birthday. We can't ring this thing anymore. They said, forget it. Forget it. I'm done with this stupid bell. That's what they said. Yeah. So it became a true symbol after that point. Um, they just stopped ringing it. And apparently over the years, people have been like, we got to fix that thing. We got to ring that thing again. It's a big deal. And other people are like, don't even bother. It's like better as a symbol. And in fact, it proved its worth pretty quickly on as a symbol. Um, during World War One. I, I guess it went on a whistle-stop tour of the United States on the back of a train and um, drummed up uh, enthusiasm and support for Liberty Bonds. Um, like uh, they were called Liberty Bonds because the Liberty Bell was basically the mascot of this bond drive to raise money for the U.S. to fight World War One, And they ended up raising, in today's dollars, billions of dollars from Liberty Bonds thanks to that cute little bell with the crack in it. Yeah, pretty pretty good. Earned its worth. Yeah, they think a, a quarter of the United States saw the Liberty Bell during that tour. That's how popular it was. People just thronged to see it. Yeah, that's right. Pretty neat. Pretty neat. And but if anyone is emailing me right now, oh, yeah, well, the Phillies own the Braves the past two years. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Get so out you. of sports radio. It's toxic. <laughs> uh, you got anything else? I got nothing else. Okay. Well, uh, since Chuck said that, short stuff's out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.